Michigan State is 2-0, number one in the Big Ten, and number one in graded safeties in the nation. Xavier Henderson ruined at least one FCS quarterback's day with a lovely interception, electrifying Spartan Stadium and proving Tuck cometh. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the man who can wonderfully run a ticket application, Kevin Greck. Mm-hmm. Greckers, how are you in that expert technology hand of yours? Hey, listen, uh, did it all work out? Wow. And, no. Hold, no. hold on. No. Listen, no. listen, what did it cost us in the long run? Oh Honestly, God. I'll never forget. That's what that's what it cost <laughs> us. Wow. Good. Well, well played. And the man whose penchant for wearing his hat backwards is both comely and fashion forward, said no one. No. Alex Plum. Plum, how are you and your fellow youths? Uh, the youths were great. We're just hanging out with our uh, short shorts but high socks and our tennies and generally bad attitudes. It's not just any hat that's backwards. It's a Patagonia bro hat that's backwards, too. Okay. I wore that hat every day of my road trip, night, my month-long vacation when I didn't miss you guys. So yeah, I'm very yeah. with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you, of course, for listening to the pod. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod <laughs> with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, including, apparently, gentlemen... I found out you can rate on the old Spotify machine now. So, oh really? Yeah, smash that five stars, people. Uh, okay. Uh, Grecker's, let's see if you can redeem yourself from your ticket faux pas. Please share with the folks what they can expect out of this week's uh, non-live version. Yes. Of can't read, can't write. I begin with that. So I got to put a plug in. There was a live, the three of us in my living room post-game reaction show that explains all of this ticket backstory and talks about the live fan experience. But uh, so do go back, listen to that, and then we'll go to the green wall. it's short. It's short. It's short. This is not an additional (laughs) hour and a half. Uh, (laughs) But for this, we'll go to the green wall. And uh, we'll talk about the game itself now with some clarity, uh, having been able to digest the box score and, and uh, look at the highlight reels and, and, you know, break down all that game film that we do after every uh, natch, after every natch, match. Natch. Um, we'll also talk about uh, happenings off Grand River as well. There was an Ohio State loss. Things are going on with the coaching carousel in college football already on the West Coast. Uh, and we got to keep an eye out for our, uh, our Pac-Mac back alliance whatever it's called uh and then we will preview the next uh football game against the miami hurricanes and take your twitter questions so pretty solid week all right uh let's get into it and of course uh we're gonna start first behind the green wall talking about the game that was against youngstown state and yeah if people want to go back listen to the episode we recorded immediately after um it you know it was a, uh, I think we talked a bit about the fan experience, which was insightful, but there is something to being able to watch a little bit of the game from a little bit of film, read a box score, um, be less dehydrated and hungover for, for Grex in the room. Um, 
So the trick is to never sober up. <laughs> Chase the dragon. Well Indeed. Done well done, you. So uh, there are a handful of things that I, I think we we can focus in on. And let's start with Peyton Thorne, who I think we gave some rightful flack to for his uh, for missing at least one wide open touchdown. But notably, dude did throw for four touchdowns and rushed for another. So not a bad day mm-hmm. um, in a, it was still only 15 completions that I, I think it was Colton Pouncey who tweeted out that the last time MSU averaged, I believe it was nine yards per play is what we averaged in this game, um, which is just stupid to think about uh, <laughs> that. The last time that happened was 2001 against Wisconsin. Uh, it's been a minute, and That's I wild. know that predates my fandom. Like I have yes. no concept of that game at all. I don't know anything about it. Bobby Williams would have been the coach, I think. Yep, absolutely yep. know nothing about it. Uh, the reason I, I've noticed that there's a lot of positivity around this MSU offense right now, and the reason is that you've basically never seen this much offense <laughs> in two games uh, ever in your Spartan yeah. fandom. There is just not much to be upset about at this moment of time. You know, Thorne didn't make a lot of completions, but he also didn't have any completions with the other team. Um, You know, Ken Walker got into it, had a touchdown. Uh, Jordan Simmons, you know, took the bulk of the snaps and, and made the most of them. So, uh, you know, it was a flea flicker. I was right about that. Uh, The play calling has been good. Uh, the numbers have been really good. The, I know that you've already mentioned pro football focus, uh, for Xavier Henderson. I believe the offensive line unit is currently graded out at like top five, uh, in the country. Well, and over that's interesting. You like bring that. that up. Cause I was just looking at the box score that Jordan Simmons had, uh, two negative yards in the game is so for a net of 121 positive yards, mm. Uh, and Ken Walker had, it looks to be one run that was for a, a loss of a yard. Um, those are the only two negative plays in that game. The, wow. the, you know, there was a negative three in the balance sheet over 275 ran for. Like, that's compared, again, I know it's Youngstown State, but compared to last year, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, you've already mentioned Xavier Henderson. I don't think I had a full appreciation for how spectacular that interception was at the time. (laughs) I knew it was good. I, I don't think I had any idea how good it was, uh, to have him him jump up there and grab that. Um, so anything you want to say about, about X as they call him? The the Mel Tucker quote about it was was I thought pretty interesting, which is to say that I think he was being asked about surprises. Is he surprised by anything that's happened? And and you know he said I don't expect X to get up there and grab that ball, but like, am I surprised that he made a play on it? No, not even a little bit. Right. Um. I think the 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 real surprise actually is some of the just I, the coaches don't seem totally surprised. 
We, you know, we've, we talked, you, you bring up the offensive line. This is intriguing to me. We talked about uh, Chris Kapalovic, the offensive line coach, and how he has a history of going places and making market improvements quickly. I feel like there's a lot of MSU football abuse that's telling me I can't believe it yet, but maybe I should. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll revisit I, this in a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, again, uh, there were, we put some asterisks on the game last week with Northwestern about maybe they're bad. Um, this is not a division one opponent. <laughs> uh, no. So, no. you know, MSU Spartans are two and oh, a lot of the measurables look good. Huge mistakes have not been made. Uh, Hank Pepper didn't have his greatest all-time game, uh, probably, uh, snapping the ball. Um, and there now are some injuries that are accumulating that we did not entirely know about at the time of our live show. Uh, so Russo fumbled the ball uh, on the last offensive snap of the game. It appears that he was also injured on that snap. And uh, Eli Collins was seen in a boot on the sideline uh, after the game as well. So you add that to the Beasley, the Jordan, the Joiner, uh, and what appears to be going on in the defensive secondary room with, uh, what are they calling it? Health concerns or something like that? Yeah, I think health reasons, which is to say one of them has COVID. The others aren't vaccinated. So, th- so they're out via contact tracing. Yeah, guys. I guys, mean, we got to have that. Yeah. That's so not good. Shots. can, can, can we, can I throw a take out there? And I'm, I'm kind of curious about, because we talked about this in our live show a little bit about the idea that, you know, MSU kind of aired the ball out in some ways in this game, you know, the flea flicker as a, which actually is was a touch point to our North post Northwestern podcast, which was that the the question of Mark of what are people going to do that that uh, Kenneth Walker didn't have just really only one home run play, he did a lot of chunk yardage multiple times. So the question, the take I have for you is, is some might say you you should have kept the flea flicker in the bag for Miami. Counterpoint, Ken Walker's a home run, and the flea flicker was a proof point that you better respect our past too. Because we will make you pay if you sell out to stop Ken Walker. Yeah. And I I gotta believe that that puts Miami in a like a you you, you want to show all the tools off in advance of Miami, I would think. Because that way you've shown them a balanced game. And it also, I mean, every team knows what a flea flicker is. It's not, it's not like uh, if, if five-year-old or fifth grade uh, boys, uh, you know, drop flea flickers in the sand, um, you know, these coaches know what flea flickers are. So it, it's going to be Statue okay. of Liberty, uh, calling it. Calling we've it. run, uh, I think in the Daytona years, there was a real... Statue of Liberty play uh, drawn the, on the Statue of Liberty or on the flea flicker. The only thing that really disappointed me is that no one in the post game preference asked him what the name was for that, for that <laughs> trick play. And I've, I've kind of grown rather attached to MSU trick play names. I was really hoping that would be something that would carry over from one staff to the other. Yeah. Uh, so there is room to be improved 
in that way. It's the maybe the one Mel way Tucker, that, that D'Antonio did better branding. Continue. Do you think Mel Tucker names plays though? Oh, I'm sure. Does that seem like his thing? I'm sure. Wasn't it the rocket play that the first time Kirk Cousins got asked about it, he like gave the actual play name and it's like all of the steps. Anyway, uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about the game itself? We kind of mostly covered it in the live episode uh, and then touched on you know a few other things here. Um, I, I think the one other thing that I want to talk quick, because we were critical of the defense. Mm. And I do, and, and I, I think it's worth mentioning the two times that they were able to score, they were on more running drives than I realized. The passing line for them was as bad as it would be expected. They're running back. Apparently they said this 80 million times on the broadcast. And so wow. we just missed these kind of details, but is a track star in his own right. So you know, and and I think Mel Tucker alluded to that in the post game press conference that every team has dudes. Mm-hmm. Every team has a guy you got to be worried about, and so you combine the fact that oh, you know some guys on the second level blew a couple assignments, which is a thing are going to be growing pains with this team, and noting that Beasley and Jordan, who were great at sealing edges in the first game against Northwestern were also out in this game. I, I have to be mindful of that when we're being overly critical about, I think we thought the defense was worse than it actually was in this game as I guess where I'm going with it. So, um, and uh, Donovan Eaglin as a running back, rewatching some of his highlights, dude's going to be okay for us in the future. That's all I'll say about that. There you go. So, so just as uh, moving on, just as MSU has the highest rated, uh, highest graded safety uh, on the uh, uh, in the nation, it also has the biggest, you know, overall highest rated, bag war. Highest rated name, image, and likeness deal. This this feels almost like old news at this point because it happened uh, much so earlier mean, this week, uh, and then there's been. You know, we went on a bender uh, in the meantime, but um, <laughs> so uh, someone want to walk us through the big name, image and likeness uh, announcement this week? Yeah, I'll say it. And then Plum, I, I'm curious your takes on this. The So Matt Ishbia, a uh, man who recently gave a lot of money to the university, uh, also gave a lot of money to every men's basketball and football player. Um, which is to say $6,000 a season, $500 specifically a month in perpetuity for them to, I think like tweet out a couple times a year yeah. that, that they're with United wholesale mortgage. <laughs> um, in, you know, in fairness, I, I bet you the math kind of works out. Okay. For some of their followers as that like is a reasonable price tag maybe, but uh, plum, uh, I'm, I'm curious your take on uh on the bag war as it relates between Ishbia and gilbert and uh you know fill folks in on some of the blowback that maybe came from partly a bad statement on Ishbia's part but you know some of the other nonsense that's out there well uh first i think 500 dollars is nothing to, a month is nothing to sneeze at i think having a little bit of extra cash like that for housing for incidentals uh just to squirrel away um 
you know, have a nice dinner, treat your family. All of that's great. So good for them. Send back to your family. Sure. All of it. You know, I mean, there's anything to anything, you know, and a lot of these guys, you know, take that, take those kinds of things really seriously. So being able to keep this above board and, you know, little, little action forward is good. So good for them. Great, great for Ishbi. I appreciate that. Um, Pushback from some quarters. Uh, This is only serving men, right? Men's football and men's basketball at this point. So that's a little bit of a question. I know that, um, you know, United Wholesale is not the presenting sponsor for the women's basketball team, for example, um, or any, you know, current women's programs. But I think there, you know, there's some arguments that, um, that this is a little bit glaring. I know we're trying to rush into the name, image, and likeness. And I think, you know, we're, we're very early adopters in terms of the innovation space on this and who's, who's doing it, who's not yet. But, um, but I think it, it does read a little bit tone deaf. I think it reads a little bit like, you know, in, in today's day and age, when we're doing these things, when we're dropping these kinds of announcements, not kind of thinking through the full externalities, if you aren't being pretty gender inclusive is just more salt in the wound, especially when you look at just the, you know, I mean, just the, the NCAA and sort of the full legacy in college sports around how women continue to be disenfranchised. You know, I mean, is, is Matt Ishby going out of his way to disenfranchise women's sports in Michigan State? Absolutely not. Um, this was just such easy ground to make up on and to just continue to prove like the Spartans will and, and we're and we're going to continue to. And, and there's there's there are um, there are benefits for everybody. Everyone wins when you focus in on that. So it would have been 50K to do the women's basketball team and you, you could have pointed at it and just right? been like, look it, look at how good we are. Yep. Maybe when the statement said basketball. Yeah players it 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 implied in the statement that it was also the women's team well here's the thing they could have done women swimming and diving and it wouldn't have cost them anything oh (laughs) oh i i do think the the one of the complicating factors is it i I will i will say one sort of pushback on on united wholesale mortgage is that people perpetually undervalue women athletes when in reality that in terms of the ROI, it, a lot of this, the studies and, and monetization folks indicate that uh, it, it, it's a better ROI to, to sponsor women athletes. Um, they tend to have a larger followings um, and reach a, a more engaged and active audience, uh, which is, you know, we've criticized the NCAA in the past for how they've treated the women's tournament when, in a lot of ways, it seemed that the the math suggests that actually, if they invested a bit more in the women's tournament, it would be a much better dollar for dollar ROI for them. Um, that said, I do, you know you see some of this pushback, and and it's not just the women's athletes. You get a lot of this like, what about doctors and teachers and you know other people? I guess. My thing is, we've decided for whatever reason in the society that you can become a billionaire and that like, that's cool. And we're going to tax it in a certain way. That's cool. And so if if you have a problem with a billionaire spending their money in a certain way, your problem is with capitalism. We like we keep going back to this. We've made this statement like 50 times on the podcast. With the last but it's year. true. Am I wrong? In fact, I, I actually I think one of the interesting things about this is like. What is the real like Matt Ishby is a billionaire because he doesn't own the company anymore. He sold it to shareholders. And if I'm a shareholder of United Wholesale Mortgage, I'm not sure that this is how I would spend 
850k or whatever it is in marketing That's an interesting point um, interesting point kevin I, I like i don't know i mean there are there are a lot of teams that sponsor there are a lot of companies that sponsor individual teams i'm willing to bet that whatever whatever you know quicken loans paid to rename the basketball program uh it was probably a lot more than 800k so i mean these things happen but um it is a it also would have been very expensive to sponsor all that yes yeah i mean that gets very it scales up pretty fast after men's football and basketball uh the other side of this is what's the lingering effect of this going to be do you wonder and I I think this puts MSU very solidly in the advanced position on NIL. I think it's going to take some teams a long time just to get to where MSU is at right now. And I think this really raises the floor on MSU football in particular, but basketball to a degree as well, where you can point at this and you can say, I mean, dude, this is $24,000 over the course of a career, 30000 for a five-year career um in addition to getting you know room and board and a msu degree which has served me really well personally so uh i mean like how this is something like this is never going to happen for eastern michigan for example so no something like this might never happen for some big 10 teams so i i think this is just I mean, I don't think it's going to get like any five-star players to sign necessarily, but I do think it, it takes that high three-star. It's a, it's a contributing factor there. Well, I think, but I think the other thing, Kevin, that we, we've talked about this before on the pod when, when all of this was brewing, when the, when this conversation really started getting pushed was about how does it affect the locker Mm -hmm. room? And I think the more important thing for this is now everyone's got a yeah, little everyone money. Gets a taste. So, you know, because like, depending on who you are, are you really mad that like you're not getting the same deal as your, you know, the star quarterback? I, I hope you're not, because I, I think a lot of these guys have a pretty realistic notion of where they fit in the pecking order. But I do think the fact that someone is getting something and for a college student not nothing is uh is does a lot to keep your lock you know who's getting the most right now from the name image and likeness deals at msu that we know about the The offensive line line. (laughs) jolly pumpkin it's not gonna be that way forever but it is that way right now ken walker ken walker's coming um Plum, do you think this is a, a net positive, though? I mean, yeah, there's no doubt. It's net positive. And, you know, as they say, a hater's always going to hate. There's always going to be someone that finds mm-hmm. fault with it. I don't think that they're wrong necessarily, only because it's just, it was such, it was such a low bar. It was such a low bar and easy to scale. And the fact that they couldn't see that just goes to show that, you know, for all of the creative thinking, you just, some white men are just going to be white men. So. I think it's going to happen it does. for basketball here pretty soon. I think. Yeah, I, I, my guess is that, and it sounds like maybe volleyball is in the conversation as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I think women are going to get it sooner rather than later, at least some of it. But um, 
Do we want to do a quick word, maybe quicker, where we advocate for people to start non-MSU podcasts? Let's. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We are back. Thank you to the sponsor I just talked about. Uh, (laughs) All right. No one knows who Uh, will be. Let's go off Grand River, and we got to start with Ohio State. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but we got to talk about Ohio State losing their first regular season game in three years. Which is just wild. Absolutely. Can you, like, the concept of that is bananas to me. Like, if you would ask me who the the last team that that Ohio State lost to was, I would have been like, it must have been someone. And then I, like, I would have paused and like my brain would have started going back in time. And I would have been like, wait, who who is it? Um, Well, I would also, you know, what's interesting to me is that we, maybe I I'm blacking some stuff out, but it seems to me that it's actually kind of a testament to how impressive what Alabama mm -hmm. does Mm. is because we all just assumed that, you know, and, and we're only two games in, yada, 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 and maybe Oregon's very, very good. But OSU does look does mortal. The, yes, yes, they are mortal this year. Maybe the best still, but mortal nonetheless. And, I mean, I guess that's my take of it, really, is like, what Nick Saban does is insane. Well, you know, <laughs> because, that Alabama team, just because they haven't done it yet this year, they do occasionally yes, yep, drop yep, a, yep. a regular season uh, game. And then, as people point out, it doesn't seem to affect them at all when it comes to getting into the college football playoff. So it, it's just something that I think that's a recency bias kind of statement. Like, just because Clemson has already yep. dropped one and now Ohio State's dropped one, um, Alabama. It's a good point. I see where you're going with it, but uh, do you do we think this has any bearing whatsoever on the Big Ten? Uh, I suspect Ohio State drops a game in the Big Ten this okay. year. I can buy it. I, you know, I, I mean, Jeff Brom inexplicably makes a lot of money now because he beat Ohio State once in, in, when Ohio State was rolling. So. I mean, so you have a mortal Ohio State. What I don't love about this is to the extent to which, well, maybe I do love the extent to which Michigan really thinks that this might be their year. <laughs> it maybe makes that's what I the, really love. the fall so much more difficult, so more delicious. <laughs> I hope they're fully looking past us, straight to Ohio State. Um, but so, I mean, it, it, is this James Franklin's year? Maybe. I don't He's know. He's got one win against but I will, Ohio State at this point, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and and we'll get to him maybe not even being the coach at that point. Okay. Uh, yeah. This okay. year. Mm-hmm. He's on the short list. But um, I do think I, I want to chat about the Big Ten West for a hot chat. second. And 
Iowa specifically, because the Big Ten West appears to be uh, garbage. Yeah, more garbage than usual for the Big Ten West. <laughs> um, and now Iowa is coming off of a, uh, a an okay victory over Indiana. Maybe time will tell. I, I'm not going to put a lot of stock in Indiana's 52 to 14 win over Idaho. Um, as a is Indiana maybe legit and they just dropped one at Kinnick at Kinnick, Kinnick, but and beating Iowa State, nice win, very yeah. nice win. And they did so convincingly. Uh, yeah, well, ish. they yes. had some big plays in that game. <laughs> they did, but I do want to point out that uh, their passing uh, attack yielded five yards per attempt. 11 for 21, but the more telling thing was the uh, 1.7 yards per carry they averaged. That's bad. Their offense is not good, but I do think we are in a, we are in for a potentially 10 and two Iowa who is going to live in the top, top seven to top five for a minute for a lot of the year. They're going to be up there. They're going to be there the whole time. So it's a lot like 2015, you know, Iowa won the games. Also cheeks. Also Iowa won cheeks. the games that had to win. Uh, it was a, a big down big 10 West year. And then, you know, they run into a certain buzzsaw in Indianapolis. <laughs> now, what are you going to do? What you going to do? Um, so I, this is a fascinating Big Ten this year. I think it's a down Big Ten, generally speaking. Um, and, you know, I know U of M, the U of M hype train, yeah, I think, has probably left the this. station. Uh, all right. Okay. So USC, uh, already uh, USC got destroyed by Stanford, by the way. Um, that was one of the games that we were sort of switching in between. We saw the highlights of or whatever. Uh, we were hanging on the deck uh, after the MSU game. Uh, left, uh, left the man on the tarmac. They are coachless. Mm. So that wheel in the sky is already turning. And the names, there are two big 10 names being floated already. James, James Franklin. And the really puzzling one is Greg Shiano. Truly puzzling that Greg Shiano. Everybody got the Tennessee gig and the Tennessee fan base just imploded. And uh, they made up the, a Penn State related reason not to hire him. Uh, yes. So yes, it's just I funny to me that. that any any fan base would be like, maybe Greg Shiano. Uh, Plum, do you do you see James Franklin, who has not really ever done anything? I mean, he's been to he's fine. One or two Big Ten championship games. Okay, just one, but he won it. And he went to the yes. Rose Bowl, right? Did he go to the Rose Bowl? He went Bowl to a big bowl and they lost, I, think, I believe. <laughs> so, so Plum, uh, do you think James Franklin, who's kept the Nittany Lions relevant, but never truly good, do you think he leaves for USC? <clears throat> <laughs> Very dramatic. <laughs> he, um, no, I don't think so. Remember that last season they went. What were they, they started like? Oh, and four thousand or something. 
they they yes. lost their first four five games. Am I? They they appear to be okay. It was a right off year, Michael or, or Alexander. Uh, you okay, well, whatever. I'm just saying it was not an off year for Alabama or for many other the story programs in uh, around the NCAA. So, you know, I don't know the guy. He was was it Vandy? I think he's not. He's. I mean, he's been a lot of places. Um, I do. I don't. I don't hate James Franklin. He's he brings some diversity um, to to NCAA coaching, Division One um, FBS coaching, which I think is great. So that's good. Um, can't root for him, but I will it, when um, sometimes because they're only in grand school. Yeah, um, and they give us that big beautiful trophy. They do. Uh, well, either way, it's going to be an interesting search over at USC, uh, a, a program that has is desperate to reclaim their glory. Um, speaking of programs desperate <laughs> to reclaim their glory, the Miami Hurricanes coming off an eked out victory over Appalachian State. Never in doubt. I mean, that's never a, in doubt. That's a we can say that's a UM that at least beat App State. So. Let's head and give a preview of UM. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. So that that game, in case you missed it, um, and of course, I, I'm sure everyone saw the cat situation, uh, which was really the most important <laughs> thing. Plum, can you can you uh, regale us with the whole cat situation at the Miami game? I don't know how the cat got where it was. It certainly didn't belong, but it had somehow got off the front of, I don't know, uh, well, I guess there's many questions. Did, did anyone know where the cat come, came from? I don't know where the cat no, came from. No, nobody knows. Oh, I, I, he, it, I got exclusive rights to its okay, backstory. That's watch, for the, watch for the it's, Netflix movie. It's crazy to say it got off onto a ledge, and there it dangled on some sort of quarter cable, um, trying its level best to stay up. And the crowd was just apoplectic with energy, excitement, fear. Um, they were using a U.S. flag because... America, never forget, um, to catch the cat when it did finally drop. There's a video of all of this. On There's a video of all of this, and you should watch it because the man who ended up getting the cat out of the flag had to have been the least sober of all of the individuals around it because he proceeded to just like clutch it as if it were a trophy and just like jam it into the air and like wave it around at people. I mean, it was very violent. I'm sure. It was a game yeah. ball that he caught. Yeah, I cannot imagine yeah. was excited about this, though. Saving the cat's life, certainly traumatizing it in its in what it might have wished the life had it ended. So what do you do know. with a cat? Let's take how ridiculous the person was that did this aside. What do you do with a cat once you have it in a stadium? Like, do you just take it up to an usher and just say, here? And just, that's it? Yes, that's, that's, that's correct. I found that's correct. <laughs> Go. Do you try to I'd do like you try to, do- to like auction it off for charity like a like a home run ball like the the Miami cat I don't know anyway um yeah. so Miami defeats App State on a field goal with 2 minutes left in the game um 23 to 25 and there were some concerns that came up uh during this game so uh, Derek King, who is the Miami quarterback, uh, as Jonesy likes to point out, made uh, announcements about how he was returning to South Beach to pursue a national championship. So uh, they got annihilated last week by uh, App State. 
or by uh, uh, Alabama, have a bit of a squeaker against App State. Can't relate. Yeah. To that. Uh, he had a bit of a struggle in the first half. He was only ten for twenty-one passing for one hundred and five total yards and made some just terrible reads uh, in in the game film that I broke down. Um, but his his <laughs> uh, his bread and butter is the rushing game usually. Uh, and on the full game, he had 19 attempts for only 79 yards. So uh, not a great game for Derek King. And then also on the subject of the rushing game, the Miami rushing attack, they are out two of their top three depth charted running backs. They really only have their starting their starter left, Mr. Uh, Cameron Harris. Uh, who also had a pretty ho-hum uh, rushing stat line in this last game against uh, App State with 18 carries and 91 yards and a touchdown. So uh, I I think there's some encouraging things here. I, I know that there's a couple concerns on the MSU side about the defensive ends and, and health there. Uh, but the fact of the matter is this App State team, which is, which is a fine App State team, um, was able to yeah. keep these guys under control for the most part. Um, we got film and, on that yeah, too. And, uh, and, and indeed there is film on this. So th- that's two games that have been pretty unimpressive for Miami in a row. Um, on defense, they do have, they have a couple dudes, um, particularly in the secondary Tyreek Stevenson had uh, five tackles and three pass breakups. He's all, Oh, yeah, he's also their game. punt returner and he did, did pretty well there as well. Um, and then Gervin Hall, uh, is a safety with 10 tackles in the last game. So on one side, you don't want your defensive secondary to get this many opportunities for tackles, but they made them. So <laughs> keep an eye out for that, uh, on the defensive side of things, uh, for the concerns on uh, in MSU fandom on the penalties that have happened in the last couple of games. Uh, dial that up quite a bit though for Miami. I mean, they were heavily, heavily penalized last season and it seems to be a theme, uh, that's continuing on for them. They gave, they just gave away tons of yardage and they had a blocked field goal. So the intangibles are a little bit tricky, uh, for the Canes. And it, it seems that this is what, what's the, Jonesy, what's the uh, the line on this game right now? Uh, I think I heard it was plus six and a half. I think for MSU. Okay, so you give you give Miami the home field advantage. So on a neutral field, Vegas thinks that this is like a Miami by two type of game. Interesting. Miami by three and a half. Um. Yeah. There you go. Uh. So I don't know. I. Not this isn't a gambling podcast. I'm not a gambling man, but yeah, we are we are not gam we not gamblers, but uh I one team has a lot of heat going I'm into just, this game. One team is squeaking by going into this game. It's a, I just would like to say I thought we would win this game. Okay. Just saying. All right. Uh but I I think this is a game that what's more important is that MSU is very competitive. And we, we talked about winning shootouts. I don't know if this is a game that MSU has to do that. 
but it could be, you know, there, there's theoretically enough offense for Miami that that mm-hmm. could happen here. Plumbo, so, anything else you want to say about the Miami Hurricanes before we move on to uh, the Twitters? It's going to be a difficult game. I don't think that they're coming off. They don't think they have the right energy. They're not coming off any good energy. This was not a convincing win for them. They were destroyed and decimated by what some call a professional football team. So they're not um, any hope of national championship is gone. Um, I think that the disorder and chaos um, is going to be buttressed only by the fact that we have to play them uh, in Miami. Uh, but you know what? Good. The guys get a little hot weather and uh, they get a win on the road. Good for them. 3 0. This is a potentially huge recruiting moment for Mel Tucker. Yes. Uh, going down to South Florida and taking down the U, that'd be big deal. Big deal for MSU with the way that we've been recruiting down south. So, uh, Twitter question time. Yes. All right. For- All right. First. First up, Nick Kamansky. Kevin Greck, what will Rocky Lombardi's line against Michigan be next uh, week? Did you guys see his line against Wyoming? So, so the Northern not. Illinois Huskies fell to Wyoming. Who just defeated Power 5 Georgia Tech in true Rocky Lombardi yeah. fashion. Oh, man. Uh, I remember with this flash on my phone, I was just like, God, that's our Rocky. He was 19 for 36 with with you know like 200 some yards one touchdown three interceptions <laughs> that's the dude that's that's our man but he looked good doing it but to answer your question nick directly i'm i'm gonna guess i'm just gonna go on a limb and say that he's gonna go 17 for 32 in nice. this game for 323 yards and nice three i'm just i'm just guessing Oof. Uh, next up from Nick Kamansky, Plum. What is this? What is meant by this newfangled term, the forward pass? Why does one do it? Um, in in football, you are um, moving in a direction that your team goes toward an end that could also be your same end that you're running away from, depending on the quarter of the game and. So that direction is forward and you have to go that direction. And, and you have you have a few ways to get that direction to go. One is um, the kicking, which doesn't happen all that often, but it does sometimes. And then there's the running, and that's um, a very common way to do it um, when done well or when done by Kenneth Walker III, uh, among others. So the passing forward is the last way, and that's when the quarterback's arm propels the ball uh, toward that end uh, which we had spoken of uh, where the points are and someone has to catch it. So they do that and it does score points. So, so this is a reference uh, in their last game against the Washington Being Huskies that they won by the put way. put up 300 some um, yards on the ground. Yeah. Michigan fandom is upset about the way that that <laughs> right. was done. And this is like, this is like their whole thing that's going on with it. And it's just like, Nick guys, your your program, your story program is 966 wins. 750 of them were done without the yes. forward pass. Okay. <laughs> so like what is it? Just don't worry about it. It was truly right? a That's throwback, true. never forget game, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next up from Evermarie24. Uh 
Jonesy even answered yet. Uh, how concerned should we be about Tank Brown, Beasley, and Jordan not dressing for Youngstown State? Speculated COVID and all uh, with Miami next weekend. So I get the impression that the speculated COVID was related to the DB room. This would be a bit of, I misheard slash read the situation if it's the D end room. And that would be concerning and disappointing. Um, so if I had that wrong, that is not great. Well, we just look like idiots from before, um, which is fine. Never, It's never been disqualifying in the past. Um, next up from Evmarie uh, Plum. How much do you miss running up the middle in every first down for no gain? Um, I didn't miss it, and sometimes it's not my favorite. But this time, what were we averaging? Like eight yards a carry or something at one point? I think up to when Coughlin kicked, we were averaging like eight yards a carry. I read that somewhere, which was sort of like, why the hell did they go for a 50-yard kick that was really good and almost made it? But to this point, yes, I do miss those days because they were simpler times when I was reminded to be humble. <laughs> and this next up from memory, uh, a reference to our post game episode that you should go back and listen to, dear listener. Uh, what gets Plum more excited, Tucker in a suit or Coughlin's mullet? Oh God, I have a picture of the two of them together. This is an impossible. This is a Sophie's choice, actually. But it's like the opposite of a Sophie's choice. Like, mm, no, Sophie was into the baby. I think right. <laughs> I don't know. It's irrelevant. It's gotta be, it's gotta be Tuck. It's gotta be Tuck yeah. everlasting. Everlasting. Uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Greck, next up, Joe Ashworth asks, if you had $50 for a long shot Heisman bet, are you putting it on Kenneth Walker the third or Jaden Reed? Uh, I would put it on uh, a KW3 slash K9 uh, rather than Jay Reed simply because they don't like giving this thing to, uh, to wide receivers. So, uh, you never do poorly betting on the back. Uh, and also Kenneth Walker, very impressive, very impressive runs this week. We have not really talked about that enough. Uh, he made some big moves in the small number of opportunities that he was given. Um, so yeah, that would be my, that would be my guess. Although props to Jaden Reed really coming alive over these last couple of games. Yeah. Did you know he was teammates with Peyton Thorne? I hadn't heard about this. Elaborate, please. Uh, I do. I do think that if um, we're going to know for sure, but my sense is that Kenneth Walker might be the truth. And if it comes out to be the such against Miami, uh, I would not be surprised if he finds himself on lists after the Miami game. Yeah, there's going to be some yeah. lists. Um, and Joe Ashworth, continuation of previous uh, conversations, but more pointed, Plum. Given Ohio State's early struggles, particularly on defense, which Big Ten East team do you think is the best shot to beat them for a trip to Indy? Uh, Michigan State. Duh. What is this, a joke? Joe. Joe. Come on, man. Joe, don't. Joe, you need to come correct. Think about it, Joe. We're going to be, what is it, 6-0, 7-0 when we play Michigan? So I'm, I guess I'm confused. Like, then we're 8-0. You know what I mean? So I'm, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm lost at this point. Who else is 8-0? No one. No one is, in fact. So I don't know. I don't know why that's a question. I guess I'm confused. Uh, clarify, Joe. Uh, next up, Anthony Garvert asks, prop bet of the week. Bow, bow, bow. Hmm. Hours spent recovering from this weekend's hangover. 
versus <laughs> number of touchdowns thrown by Thorne before the bye week through seven. That's through seven games. Over under is at fifteen point five, and I believe he has five so far. Garv really te- t- treating us with the the kid gloves here. That's through seven games now. Honestly, with a hangover, uh, I needed it. <laughs> How did you your drive all the way back to Jersey uh, after three days in East Lansing, man? After a uh, bender is what you mean to say. <laughs> It was painful. <laughs> it was truly, <laughs> truly painful. Uh, Plum, what do you what do you got? Over under fifteen and a half uh, touchdowns by Thorne through the air in the next forward pass. Uh yes, I'm I'm over. I'm over. Over. Greg, that'd be pretty good. That would be pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty so good. the question is, can he throw 10 and a half touchdowns in five games? I'm going to say yes, yes as well. Yes, he can. Here's, I'm going uh, under. I'm just saying, because I think Ken Walker wow. just, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Okay. I mean, Joe okay. Ashworth, that's that's his answer then for who the Heisman yeah. bet is. Um Next up from Garvert, uh, now that the shroud has been lifted from the faces of the Can't Read, Can't Write crew, sounds plumb. Uh, do you anticipate a bump or a slide in slide. ratings? Slide. <laughs> How do you manage the load between two social... All right. Oh. Oh, give it as a plug. Um, yes, there is now an Instagram account uh, that is available and might be... Uh, may have a little bit more of my voice in it. What? Oh. Uh, um so uh yes there is an instagram account we'll we'll include that in a tweet here at some point if we haven't already done that but yeah we really took the veil off this weekend uh on ourselves Um, correct your voice is terrible say the name of the account i don't know what it is at spartan 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 underscore pod we we use the same one right you're terrible um but yeah, we went from uh, you know the upper deck jerk guy stealing our LinkedIn images to, uh, for his Twitter handle to now like there's fodder out there and available. Um, how does it feel, guys, to be outed in this way? I like it. <laughs> liberating. Honestly, it's yeah, there's one of us who really likes it, and the rest of us don't. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. You guys are kind of boobs. You know why? Because people love it. You got to give the people what they love. Oh, and there were um, sort of misprint uh, stickers for the podcast that were available yeah. at the tailgate. You'll never see that logo again. <laughs> never again. That was a one-time thing. That's a collector's item. Uh, all right. Next up, John Hubbard. Well, it's nice to see the team have a punt return game. Any feelings on using one of the best wide receivers in such a risky position? This, of course, is top of mind after Ronnie Bell's uh, injury at Michigan, which we're genuinely sad to see for him. Um, So, uh, Plum, I think you actually wanted to talk about this, yeah? Well, I just think, like, and I saw it, Hubbard, you know, you probably saw my response on Twitter, but I just, isn't this the wrong question to ask? Isn't the better question to ask? what are we doing in football that this becomes such a risky position that we're putting people in such a vulnerable prone spot? I mean, do we want this with, with, and and listen, I'm not, I I think this isn't old man yelling at cloud. This isn't in the context of a vacuum. This is in the context of 
substantive rules changes that have taken place across all various forms of football, all leagues, to limit serious injury, whether head-to-head, targeting, you know, ejections of players, um, you know, referees enforcing you know, unsportsmanlike penalties and those things, you know, more consistently, more strongly. I, I, what I mean, it, I, I feel like this is a, it's just the wrong emphasis. The emphasis shouldn't be on the coaching decisions on who plays that position. I wouldn't want to have to sacrifice any pay, uh, player's safety for that role. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this is the most violent part of the game. I mean, you have two teams running at each other at speed, right? I mean, a kick return is going to be a little um, bit worse because you've got you've got extra distance between the two teams. Sure. And these plays, I mean, no one's like sitting up during these plays because, you know, it might be more electric than any other. Um, I do wonder if maybe... Maybe it's worthwhile to just remove these from the game and have every, uh, well, punting would be difficult to remove from the That's, game, but kickoffs maybe. Well, and we, we, I think we again. applauded the, the XFL for being innovative in this space, but at least in college, they've with kickoffs attempted to mitigate some of this by allowing, uh, a fair catch on a kickoff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, y'all, we've complained that it's been since Keyshawn Martin a decade ago that we were able to enjoy a punt return as a possibly explosive play. And now we're all going, but health and safety. Oh, players. Oh, uh, Nick Bumgarner yeah. from, right. we from The Athletic did up. say that one of the reasons he suspects that this will not actually disappear from the game is because of uh, the NFL Players Association and that it, hmm. it ensures a roster spot. Um, hmm. But we could also salute that guy who now coaches Presbyterian who has just does not punt. So the math says... Under the circumstances of the game currently. Don't punt. Don't punt. Uh, next up, John Hubbard. In two games, MSU has outscored its opponents 80 to 35 and outgained them only 1,106 yards to 704. Only. Is there anything to be salvaged from this season or is it time to start looking to next year? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, this is all, almost like the inverse of last year where they put up yardage quite a bit as i recall but they just could not score points yeah yeah as a result of it um but anyway question from plum uh from john hubbard directly to plum that this isn't us assigning him the question it is question for plum <laughs> i've been i've been reading some things okay so it would be for plum you didn't have to say that john and no longer wish to have my covid vaccine for reasons of freedom <laughs> True or false? I can have the vaccine taken out of my body by a doctor, and if false, how much is the is the Fauci slash Gates deep state paying you? Um, I cannot reveal because I have signed an NDA uh, mm-hmm. around how much the deep state is paying me to be a shill for their um, fraudulent vaccine science, which we can all agree is based only in my own hysteria. It's only based um, on science. Only, yeah, <laughs> boring. Um, and there is a way to, um, get the vaccine out of your body. You have to go to a animal okay. supply store okay. Okay. <laughs> after you have injected full oh. strength horse ivermectin into your body that, um, the ivermectin, you just, you leave the syringe implanted in your body 
and you wait 10 minutes, the ivermectin is actually drawing the vaccine to itself. And then after 10 minutes, you just suction it all right back out. And that's all the vaccine. And now it's out of your body and you are free. You no longer transmit 5G. Um, you are no longer uh, complicit in this um, liberty quelching um, terrorism that uh, godless Joe Biden is forcing down innocent Americans. And folks. apparently you're also no longer able to reproduce is what I'm seeing. Yeah, mm. there's a lot of things that these vaccines are doing. Oh, oh no, I meant Inverbectin. Mm. Apparently it causes mm. uh, infertility. Guys, but it, it does matter. make your penis the size of a horse's penis. So... All right, next up, Bill Hoffmeyer. No, 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 hold on. It doesn't matter. This is going to be our biggest episode of all time. This is our Joe Rogan crossover episode. Yes! So hello to all the new listeners uh, and listen to our sponsored segments. Uh, Next up from Bill Hoffmeyer. I'm sorry, before we get there, I I do need to offer a quick disclaimer. That, and you didn't know this, John Hubbard, and I really appreciate the tee up, but uh, a, a buddy of mine who I used to work with who led a lot of vaccine stuff at Henry Ford recently left the organization and his truly become a shell for, I don't know, freedom something in his home country. And you wouldn't believe it. A full 180, truly, truly confusing, depressing, very sad, widely respected in the health system, and now just off the fucking deep end. So it's wild. It's this wild. whole thing is wild. This whole thing is wild. All right. Uh, all right. There you go. Bill Hoffmeyer. Hey, Bill. Plum or Jonesy, uh, probably better question for Jonesy uh, <laughs> because because Plum is recovering from this. Uh, who's QB number two with Russo in a bit? It's, uh, it's Noah Kim. No, it's it's no. very much Noah Kim. Noah Kim, by all accounts, looked great in the open practices. Like, Yeah. Are we going to see him in this game against Miami? I mean, <laughs> I, I hope not. Hope not. Uh, <laughs> but Noah Kim can sling the ball. And I think maybe it was two years ago that I said about Noah Kim dude doesn't lose like i mean his his high school career was a lot of winning so i'm i'm not terribly afraid of noah kim from a sort of emotional maturity standpoint but uh mm-hmm. i'm not saying he's he's gonna come he's equal equal, equal uh talented as peyton thorn but uh i think we could be doing worse is what it sounds like uh next up uh Oh, Bill Hoffmeyer, who is, uh, yo, we're just crossing things out now. Okay. <laughs> Seems to have answered his own question. Yeah. Uh, next up from Bill Hoffmeyer, Plum, uh, if you put a My Hami Hurricanes and a Half-Ass You se- Seminole in a meat grinder, what do you get other than satisfaction? <sighs> I, Bill, uh, it's 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 uh, Gator Bill MSU. Uh, Gator Bill uh, Notably, a University of Florida fan as well. Gator, ah, Gator, there it is. You get, you get Gator fee. That's what you get. Uh, next up, uh, Kevin Crack, Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. Where is Hamp Faye transferring to? You know, he's is- not going anywhere. But, you know, I'm going to take this one. You know why? It's not Noah Kim. It isn't Noah Kim. Yeah, Noah Kim can throw the ball forward, but Hamp Faye can throw it sideways. Has- yeah, he can throw. He's only got seven letters in his name. Well, Seven. Hampton. You can also throw it, throw it through the space-time continuum because he's got like a 1940s football uh, name. So there's that element. I guess Noah Kim also only has seven letters in his name, but that is irrelevant. <laughs> Noah Kim actually only has seven letters. Again, it's Hampton Faye. Uh, mm. Greg, mm. 
where is the best strip club in Miami asking for a friend? And I will note, Kevin Greck did have his bachelor party in Miami. So, Greck. Yeah, well, we didn't get to any of the strip clubs because we were so busy with the yachts and the cocaine. But... uh... (laughs) I'm sure there's uh, I'm sure there's some good ones down there. Paul, you know anything? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a whole lot of places. I have to recommend Hunkamania. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> upstate, right on the coast. You got Hotel Gathering. I think a lot of folks <laughs> have been known to do that. Uh, you, if you haven't been to Tootsie's Cabaret, that's great. There's La Bear Miami. And uh, Gold Rush Cabaret. So yeah, I think there's a lot of them. There's Miami, you know, South Beach. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, high quality strip clubs there. I think you can't go wrong. La Bear. Not to undermine our own, not to undermine our own jokes, but the names on the, the men's strip clubs are so much more high effort. Than yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what a treat. Yeah. Uh, next, really. Honestly, let's salute them. Let's salute. Yeah. <laughs> That's some artisanal shit there. All right, next up, CC and TC. Uh, Plum, what is your best memory of the Detroit Loins, as he spells it? Mm, I have a lot of memories of Detroit Loins, it turns out. Uh, <laughs> He's got a whole app on his phone for Detroit Loins. I mean, this is, and to be fair, this is, I, after my earlier comment, this is already an explicit pod, so I might as well just, you know, triple down on this. <laughs> I, I mean, we could, we could not. We could, we could. Not. Okay, well then I'll take it as I'm sure he intended it, but you know, Michigan fans. Um, he, uh, my dad used to take us to uh, my brother and I to um, the Silverdome, and we watched uh, Barry Sanders in his heyday playing for Wayne Fonts, and Barry Sanders was just electric. And I had his jersey, and I had a uh, starter jacket um, for him in his honor. So that those are my favorite memories. Back wow. when the Lions were actually fun to watch. I will say starter jacket and uh, the silver dome and Barry Sanders. I mean, that really puts you at a point in time. It, I think some I of our s- listeners can that specific point in time. I know. Yeah. That. Just know exactly when you were at those games. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And sorry, sorry to folks like Mark D. Mark who didn't understand most of the words I just said there. <laughs> Uh, all right, round robin from CTNCC asking, mm. "What was the most fun bar you went to this past weekend?" Uh, Plum, let's start with you. Oof, 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 oof. You know what? I hate to say this. I think it was the Land Shark. I think I had the most fun at the Land Shark. Mm. It's always going to be the Land Shark. Always going to. So, listeners, we uh, Jonesy. Uh, you know, reminded us that he was a bit of a Riv guy when he was on campus and had not actually been to a number of the bars, including Rick's American Cafe. So in the interest of, of being, you know, COVID cautious, we took him down to Rick's when we were literally the only people in the bar. <laughs> that is correct. There was more staff than people in the bar by an appreciable amount. <laughs> so I... You know what? We had all of Rick's to ourselves and it was magic. It was Jonesy, but this is the most important. These well, you didn't are available the, to me wait. at all times. Well, no, but it, but it is as it relates to us being there. What was your choice? I'm sticking with Rick's. Okay. I'm okay, sticking okay. with Rick's. Uh, and mostly because Plum wasn't there yet. Uh, but this <laughs> the, the most important thing is you. You know, it's always available to me and Plum whenever he wants it. So what was the most fun for you this weekend? Uh, so... I we, I think we have to shout out for a second the tin can for uh 
if nothing else, the bartender was a true joy when she told Greg after he ordered a Foster's, man, some people are ordering weird shit today. (laughs) (laughs) And then Plum took that and what was the line that you used to order your drink? I said, ma'am, can I have the weirdest thing you have here? (laughs) And she just shook her head, turned around and pulled out a PBR coffee. Which you described as not bad. Which I described as as surprisingly good. That's the kind of beer coffee I would drink on my way to work in the morning. Yeah, well, uh, and they have pudding shots there. So it's a whole lot of weird at the tin can. It was pretty weird. To to our alcoholics, keep the demon in the bottle with a PBR coffee. Yeah, uh, but I do, I have to say, this is full-blown East Coast elite coming out of me. But the Graduates Rooftop Bar is truly an excellent bar. A great space, great view, great vibes. And we ran into Aaron Henry. Uh, I think Plum and Greg were both too blacked out to realize. Uh, Plum no. did realize he was in the, the elevator with Bryn Forbes on the way down. Yes, Greg on the way denied home. denied that truth, though. And then we, it was confirmed later on, yes. So, Greg is not the person to be confirmed. It was confirmed later on when he followed us on Instagram. was like, hey, guys, I think that was you in the yeah. uh, thing. Will you be my friend? friend? And I was like, yeah. yes, I'll be your friend, Bryn. But like, yeah. honestly, I could, I could think on this one for a minute. I will say uh, Crunchies and the Barrel uh, did not disappoint. And Ellis Teco, how do you have that nice of a space and be so bad at what you do? <laughs> Be nice. That's Raymond asked us about that one a couple weeks ago. He really likes it. Do, but do you want to you want to endorse the chips garbage. there? <laughs> food there is so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, next up, John Ebby. Uh, not Big Ten related, but how long until BYU and WVU potential Big Twelve uh, rivals uh, become indeed rivals in the game that is named Mormons v Hillbillies? I like the start here, but I think we can do, be way more derogatory with hillbillies. Indeed. Uh, I think it can get way worse for them. I think on um, both sides, if we're being honest. <laughs> it is. Like, what's going to happen with the Big 12? We haven't talked about this yet, but... Uh, oh, yeah, we, we, we didn't put that in Off-Grad River. We should, at some point, talk about maybe this actually hurts uh, Ohio State, that Cincinnati is joining... An elevated conference, you know? Yeah, but by Cincinnati, BYU, and uh, what were the other two that are joining? I mean, it says a lot. that Right. So is is it an elevated conference, or did they just drag it all the way down? Is it SMU, or what? Who gives it? a shit? It's, it's not good for the... The Big 12... I, I would not... If, if you told me there were schools still looking for the exit, I would not be shocked by that. Um, I feel like that happened the last time there was conference realignment. There were like schools brought into a, a conference and then other schools left. I mean, if Kansas got a call from Kevin Warren, they would be gone in an instant. Yeah. I mean, that was true anyway, but it's particularly true now. Yeah. Yeah. They, I, it makes me wonder how many TVs do you have to bring to join the big 10? Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move along to the upper deck jerk guy. What punishment did Grooch suffer for screwing up the tickets? Uh, the answer is quite simple. He has to continue to do this pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know what I suffered? Plum Alex took care of uh, SeatGeek uh, customer service on my behalf. <laughs> I've really only benefited from this entire situation. 
we somehow made money on you know he no Greg made money on actually where is my money? Yes, that's my question. Yeah. Although I don't think I paid anything, but that's neither here nor there. I what did. What is here and there is poor B-List is the only one that was built out of $20 because of Greg's mm. absolute ineptitude on this. Well, we'll Which, see what happens. The crazy thing is that a child came up to me at the urinals before the, all of this happened with a wow. stack of tickets and said, do you want any? And I, th- I felt like I was being scammed somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, did you miss me at the tailgate? I think I can say for all of us, No. Yeah. Like it was a good time. Yeah, you know, why would we ruin it? Um, you know, none of none of us felt unsafe. <laughs> who so, accosted? Uh, who? There was a there's a bit who? of an addition by subtraction yeah, situation. I just been saying who. The way mm-hmm. in which you you insist on your your avatar uh, being the face of someone else makes me concerned for my safety. Mm, Are you going is. to take my face? So um, you weren't faceless man. You weren't invited, I think, is the real answer. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Next up from the Everdeck Jerk Guy and last up, with Miami and Ohio State looking a little down, what are the odds of a 12-0 season? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Take this one, Josie. Slim to none. This team, uh, I think, will – I still insist this team will do better than people think, but uh, it is still an imperfect team. Though I do think this coaching, the coaching of this team will take them a long way. All right. So we'll hand this next one off to our uh, public health expert. Sawyer, like Tom asks, why aren't there masks required in the stadiums? All right. I'll say this like, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Seems like if we're all dealing with being masked in the classroom, folks could find it in themselves to do it for a football game. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. It's quote outside but also you're crammed next to people for a long ass football game. And then she adds, this isn't really additional question, So I'll put it here. This salty tweet brought to you by four out of 23 of my students who can't come to class next week because they're either sick or isolating. Ooh, so you're like Tom stick with COVID. We- so uh, I will point out uh, the COVID protocols in the stadium are that you should be masked on the concourse. The degree to which that actually happens was as I saw definitely 40% at best. Yeah, it was pretty mixed and I don't expect that to improve over the course of the year, unfortunately. Uh, but in the stadium, uh, I was masked until things cleared out in the third quarter and we had plenty of space. Um, there were plenty of masks around us, even in the stadium uh jonesy though what say say what you want to say oh i don't have anything you can leave it to plumb on the uh, the signs here i um i was unmasked while i was at my seat um we were not nut to butt you know in the in our row there was a little bit of space you know i mean i think that the science has demonstrated that the uh outdoors particularly with breezes and it was a fairly decent breeze it's it is Unlikely. And the UV light of the sun. Let's not forget that because mm. we sunscreened the wrong side of ourselves because of Kevin Greck. Oh, not we. Please don't use we. You did that because of reasons. Um, of your despite ha- being handed a stick of sunscreen. So I, I used it. It was too late. Too little. Too I will late. also point out, uh, to pile on Jonesy's insecurities, uh, people of a certain stature have never experienced this. But if you're tall, oh, God. you know that there is a significant <laughs> breeze that goes along above people's heads. And it was there. It was there on uh, Saturday. It was moving the air around. We were circulating. 
Um, Do you think it's the lack of oxygen from your elevation that makes you so stupid? It just is that I'm swaying, I'm swaying around, I'm feeling the breeze. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just it, it, it's big bird. It's definitely more difficult to to um, to transmit and get and get sick. not impossible, but but definitely you're you're definitely safer outside. So. Uh, but still, bummer about those students. Bummer about those students. And yeah, masks are certainly the safer option. Still the best. Still we the could best. at some point talk about some of the criticism on MSU's campus about this whole thing. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah. Uh, next up, from Elon Bloom, uh, how long will it take for Quivarius Crouch to understand his assignments and not make errors? This is an interesting question because uh, I also noticed – at least on one of their scoring plays, uh, Angela Gross made a giant error uh, just on where his run fit was. I, I, I will say this, uh, Ross Ells, uh, the linebackers coach, jury's still out on Ross Ells. <laughs> but uh, some of the other the guys behind Q uh, in, in the secondary, between Mel and Harlan Barnett, I'm just not that worried. It'll get fixed. Um, I have to shout out Elon Bloom for, uh, for making it on Saturday, by the way. Vin yes. Joining us. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, next up, he asks, what's the most important thing the Spartans need to do to get a win in Miami? And I think, uh, I think it's containing the QB there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think right now, Derek King is their entire offense. Yeah. It seems like. Um, so you can contain him and stop him. Um, from converting with his legs you're ready to go i think a long way towards winning uh anything else you guys want to add to that before we take the last question this is is the defense man this is where we're gonna see if we're missing the defensive ends in that that's going to be the problem because we need to seal the edge there and you know without beasley without jordan that is a uh potentially a big problem yeah so and apparently Elon Bloom's on the Heisman committee, uh, you know, putting out feelers because he asks, uh, how many yards and TDs can uh, Kenneth Walker get this year? Oh, Asking for a friend. Uh, Ken Walker gets a thousand yards this year, right? I mean. I mean, it, he's on track. He's well on his way. He's going to get the opportunities. And there's a passing attack, you know, can't fan or opposing t- defenses can't just key in on him. So. And- and we saw uh, Peyton Thorne score a touchdown on a on a read option. So this is he, not a, at this moment, given the personnel that are not in COVID protocol or injured. This is not a one dimensional offense, which really helps his uh, prospects. Yeah, when you're the best player on the on, I I mean, I think Jaden Reed's good. I think Ken Walker is special. But if you've got Jaden Reed. Jalen Naylor to a seemingly much less extent. And then Peyton Thorne, who can run the ball in his own right, you know, he can pick up seven to 15 with his legs. Uh, I mean, that gives Ken Walker a lot of space. So I don't know. I, a thousand yards, I think he gets for sure. And how many TDs does he have at this point in time? Uh, five? Does he have five TDs? He had one. Today and he had four. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. That's an interesting. I hadn't thought about the TDs. It's gonna be a lot. 
Um, next up for Mr. Neurotic Pants, speaking of shout outs for people that made it. Thank yes. You. Good to see you, sir. Uh, do MSU's penalties and the fact that they got punt blocked by Youngstown Community College <laughs> spell trouble? Yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. This very, is your... very, very lack of discipline. Many, many lack of discipline. That was just a straight shot on that pump block, too. Rossells. Yeah. Rossells. That was just blown coverage. Blown coverage. I mean, um, I, but but Horst is not. This is two games in a row where he's uncontrolled, undisciplined, even. I, I'm going to take the unhinged lineman after. After how the O-line has performed for the last several years, I will take the unhinged lineman. Okay. Let's see. Let's just see. This is a very sporting question from Mr. Neurotic Pants. Uh, Did you get the vibe that Youngstown State never felt demoralized or resigned? I actually respected them in the morning. I agree with this take. I actually, I mean, they they played through, they played hard. um, And I... I mean, we we beat them soundly, but I don't think they should be embarrassed by their outing. They certainly played through the end of the game. That is for sure. Yeah, I I mean, I tip of the cap, respect the hell out of them. I hope they have a much better season than the one and six they went over the spring. So um, that probably sounded like I was throwing shade. I didn't mean it to be that way. Man. Like I I hope they have a nice season. Man, man, so man. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, Plum, this one feels like it's your wheelhouse. Did listeners look and act about as you expected in person? <laughs> Secondly, uh, Jesus Christ, why? Do Plum and Stretch <laughs> want to do trivia at Crunchy's one day? All right. Yeah. All right. All Thank right. You. I see how it is. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Raymond. Yes. Question's over. Question's over. Okay. Yes. We would love to do Crunchy's trivia with you one day. And no, I think so. Well, I had seen... Mr. Neurotic Pants. I think it, he is a picture opera. I'd seen a picture of him that somehow he posted or tweeted or something. Um, and I think you can see Eve Marie. I think I recognized her, or at least her eyes. I didn't know what Elon Bloom looks like. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, John Hubbard. Yeah, I think so. I'd seen a picture of Bela. So yeah, I think within reason. I think within reason. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It was a uh, it was great to hang out with everyone. No, I'm gonna take that back. Elon Bloom. I don't know who I thought Elon Bloom was. I guess I thought Elon Bloom might be like a early 30s or late 20s Scandinavian woman. So that was on me. That's you did that, that for a long time, didn't you? That, was, you thought? that one was on me. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing about this Crunchy's idea, though, Plum. If we met with some listeners at Crunchy's, do you think? Mike Jones would just explode with FOMO. There would just oh. be a massive explosion on the Eastern seaboard. It would just yeah. be the meltdown. Of and Mike I can tell Jones's you this folks FOMO. would never forget, <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I'll kill you. All right. Next up, uh, Tucker's timely tweets from Raymond chains. Every F quote, every athlete on our team understands that he's expected to grow a foot and put on hundred pounds of muscle each season being under six, six, 300 pounds by your senior year is not compatible with our culture. Hashtag relentless. These guys are sleeping fast. True, true. Sleeping fast indeed. I got to talk to Raymond about his process on these tweets. And they- I heard this conversation. And the process is just as unglued as you would think, everyone. 
All right, next up, my maple leaf. The city of Miami is one of the vertices of the Bermuda Triangle. She's out. She's still looking at maps, triangulating. Literally triangulating. Bermuda and Puerto Rico make up the other two vertices. Is it a vertice at that point in time? Who knows? knows? I don't think that's correct. Of these three places, which one would you visit first and why? Well, I think Greg did visit Miami first, so that is the answer. And he I disappeared at, forever. He went, to, he went to Club La Mail, as it were. La <laughs> Mail. I, dis- I disappeared into Club La Mail. Yeah. You know, right. Never to be seen again. Absconded into it. We did uh, We did also get a, a very undercover Mamapoli. Uh, undercover? Appearance. The undercover. Yes, but great pretzels. Uh, next up from Mamapa Leaf, uh, recently the Can't Read, Can't Write team debated the effects of eating hot dogs and thus reducing the time of a healthy, healthy lifespan. What if the hot dog bun, though, was toasted to perfection? Would that add an hour or two? Mm. The regenerative properties of it. I really think toasted. that the regenerative properties would be found in the, in the brown mustard, which was not available. Not available much to the Are you are of, you surprised that uh that Greg had yeah, only that's basic right. yeah, condiments? That's, that's that's my fault. That's right. That is my fault. I think we had a nice uh <laughs> yellow option. You did you know what? I will golf clap for you. We you we, did have an onion. We also could have put a celery salt out, but I, I think that was mm. an oversight. That's you're getting fully Canadian. We're, well, we're getting towards a like a Chicago dog type of situation. Yeah, you did I did put a pickle on one of them. There you go. There you go. We just needed some uh, some some peppers and some uh, sliced tomato, and we would have been right there. Right there. All right. Last up from a Maple Leaf uh, in her Unabomber attire. Uh, if you are not yet envisioning Xavier Brooker in a Spartan uniform, then which of the following are you guessing he signs with? Illinois, Indiana, Louisville, LSU, Notre Dame, Purdue, or Ohio State. Did you guys Google Xavier Brooker? No, I'll leave this to you. You're the one with the underage boys. Oh, no, I was going to say he's too young for me. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a 2023. That's too young for me. I'm, I'm All right, Mamopoli, if you're our 2023, what's the uh, the hashtag for the class of 2023? Oh, no, no, this is – I'm sorry. To be clear, if it was football, I'm okay with that. But basketball 2023, too soon. Oh, too soon. that's almost relevant. Um. Anyway, Mama, uh, believe. Let us know. Let us know what you think. Uh, give us a scouting report. Um, He's a center. I saw that. Uh, is this next person's name wide receiver to combo guard? Yes, and it's a brand new questioner, and we are happy to have them. Uh, MSU seems to almost have too much depth at running back. Do you think the necessity to get everyone touches will lower the overall total rushing yards? I have a thought on this, but Plum, do you have a thought? Um, 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 Greg, do you have a thought? Um, I think that what we've seen is that Mel Tucker is not afraid to limit touches when it benefits the play call, when it benefits the game. You know, Eli Collins uh, saw his role greatly reduced um, and maybe now reduced further. I mean, right now had a great game. Yeah, they're limited. We had there are also I mean, as far as we know, two injured running backs right now. Yeah. Uh, with Harold Joyner and Eli Collins. Um, so I, at this moment, this is not a huge concern of mine. But what was your thought? Oh, I 
think that Ken Walker's the guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he got seven touches for 58 yards because... They save him. Because he's good. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Eli Collins is still a bit of a mystery because he had three touches for 32 yards, the longest 16, like, was not bad. Uh, and I think also had... TD? Did he have a TD? Did he have a TD? He did have a TD? No. This is what happens if you were there. Yeah, no, he didn't. Okay. But uh, he did have a pass caught, I swore. Yeah, he he had one. Oh, that's where it was. He had the TD on his catch. There it is. So he had one pass for 20 yards. I mean, Eli Collins had an insane game, uh, and that's great. But I, I just, I, I, I would disagree. I think Ken Walker's the guy. Um, I may have a theory that I'm sitting on about Eli Collins long term uh, and, and what he might be able to get out of this year as a development year. But um Ken Walker's the guy, and Ken Walker's going pro after this year. Ken Walker's going to see the rock. So, so we uh, next questioner is the other Mike Jones, the real Mike Jones, the one that we all Jeez. prefer. Which is why I'll I'll send this one to Plum. Uh, obviously, it's a given that uh, we will score in our first play on offense next weekend from seventy five yards away. How's it going to happen versus Miami? Uh, Kenneth Walker again. Just gonna just and he's gonna like backpedal it in too. I think that he's just going to rise up from the field and just uh, hover above everyone, uh, and there will be a heavenly chorus, and then he'll just descend into. Will the... be? I believe I can fly. <laughs> I don't think we can make those references anymore. Oh, you're this right. Is why we prefer Mike Jones? Is that why the LeBron uh, Space Jam came out to just to cancel out whitewash that whole um, alright Mike we'll do Mike Jones on Mike Jones uh, since Miami has the turnover chain and I hate that thing uh, we should have our own turnover trophy next weekend my thoughts are on someone carries around something similar to the land grant trophy if they cause a turnover what say you well I'm concerned about their health and safety if they're carrying over a gargantuan trophy as such um, I also you know, when when there's overemphasizing of the turnovers, I think of how Chuck Boa, seemingly his influence on the team was, instead of tackling guys, let's try and strip the ball. But we weren't good at that either. And so I just say, just tackle. Just just tackle. I love this question because it's sort of in the same vein as my opinion on the Land Grant Trophy, that it should be the only college football trophy that the loser has to yes. keep every year. Yes, um, that's right. Very similar, um, but they've they've got to roll out like a full full wall laser backdrop, you know, like straight eighties nineties, you know, class picture laser backdrop. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, and last up from Mike Jones. Pretty disappointed. I wanted to stop by and meet the fit me, the me, the great me, the greatest host of Can't Read Can't Write. But the girlfriend got sloshed Friday night, and we left an hour later than when I wanted to. Barely made it to my seat my for kickoff. Same. Well, Same. Mike, I can relate to this about barely making it to your seat for kickoff. Some of us have our own version of a shitty sloshed girlfriend. <laughs> and, and she's a Slenderman. <laughs> yes, a she Slenderman not indeed. Hot. Not worth it, man. Not worth it. Next up and last up is Dan Hellpepper. It's really funny that YSU has President Jim Tressel wearing a coach headset during the game, right? 
And how long until they make Jim Bowman Bursar? <laughs> is Bursar what they call like a provost or something? Like what? No, Bursar is the person who sort of distributes funds. Yeah. Oh, the these are the types of details you do not get at the game. I had no idea that Jim yeah, Trestle was, was wearing. Is a, that true? I. That's amazing. You know that's, how, how that's got to be against the rules, right? Also, that must diminish the academic profile of Youngstown State so substantially. Good God! Well, because he's banned still, right? No, he's got to sit a year out. No, no, no. I think I think all of his NCAA stuff is is over at this point. You sure? I think so. I think so. Do you think they made him a faux coach for a year? I don't just know. so he'd run that clock out. I don't know what they did, but I, I don't think Youngstown State has to worry about the NCAA All coming right. down on them. Um, but wow, what a colossal waste of a college president's time. Yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 uh, yep. Yeah. Uh well, gentlemen, we are indeed 2-0, so the season is trucking along as predicted. Uh and we do have sincerely our largest game on noon on Saturday. So until then. Go green. Go white. Go white, guys.